FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 437 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. I'm your host, Jason. Two guards, two cards, Venable. <laughs> and I'm joined by Georgie, alien dishwasher Valco. Hey, Georgie. Hey, you know, I was only, I was only uh, like 900 episodes off of my guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> I mean, to get the, to force something, what, how many years has this been for you? Um, eight? Oh. I mean, nine, nine in August. So nine, nine years to get like a third of the way through, so you only got to do this for 18 more years? <laughs> I'm good for it. <laughs> what else am I going to do? <laughs> no, I love it. If we were still, uh, I don't know how old that would make us. If, you know, nearly retired, retired-ish age, still talking on Skype about comic books, I would be happy. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Well, you may recognize Georgie as one half of the Excalibros. Um, so we'll, we'll get the other half back on here pretty soon. But we're going to do a little bit something a little different. We're going to do some flashback. Um, we're going to talk about two Psylocks. Two. Yeah. Because what the world needs now is two Psylocks. Now, I've been uh, watching X Twitter. Apparently, uh, it's a little bit of a trend this week, so I'm, I'm, I guess I'm part of the, oh, uh, is it? Oh, the huh. explain, explaining uh, Psylocke and Betsy and uh, Quinn and Quan and mm-hmm. uh, Zeitgeist right now. But um, how do you? How do you? How would you say her name? I'll lean on your uh, your Japanese understanding. Is well, so it, the thing is, like I was looking this up before, and it's like the name of a of a, like a Hindi god originally. Okay. And, I, and I think the Quan, the Quanin is um, one pronunciation, and there's another one, and I don't remember what it is. But Quanin isn't really like a; uh, it's not Japanese, so I don't, I don't even oh. know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well. Hmm. hmm. Well, maybe Fabian's not really. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know what well, I'm going. Like with I was that. reading it, and I'm like, that joke. <laughs> there's some. I had some like, what is. What word is he trying to... Like, we'll get to some Japanese words. It'll be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we're going to cover X-Men, the 90s title, uh, 20 through 22, right? Smack towards the beginning of 1993. Um, we're going to pick up a little bit. So uh, when we did the previous arc several episodes ago uh, with the wonderful folks from House of X. Uh, we talked about the trip to Russia. And even though Wolverine has allegedly gone on, you know, several hundred missions between issue 19 and 20, um, you know, the X-Men have just gotten back from Russia on this kind of heartbreaking mission, and that's where these comics are going to pick up. So, with that said, I guess we'll, you know, we can talk about the whole whole dichotomy and um i don't know we'll, we'll try and maybe talk about some of, of claremont's original intentions as well when we get to the end just kind of about how the story played out and how maybe it was meant to originally play out and all that fun stuff and i'm sure we'll have some illusions we probably won't be able to help talk about modern comics a little bit so that'll probably pop up as well so yeah you want to Want to dive into a, a case study of, of our double Psylocke adventure? Yeah, take us away, Jason. All right. So we're going to start off with X-Men number 20, which is Digging in the Dirt uh, by Fabian Nicieza and Andy Hubert. Uh, Mark Pennington and Bob Wyacek both do the inks. Though I guess really Wyacek just does the last couple of pages. Um, then Bill Oakley does the letters. Joe Rosas does the colors. And our cover is our X-Men Blue team, for the most part. Um, when Gambit front and center, Wolverine claws out behind him. Beast, Cyclops, Psylocke, and Rogue. And then, guess who's back? Back again. A purple cape um, surrounding the edges of the, of the comic. So what do you think of this cover, Georgie? 
Uh, it's very 90s. Um, I, I feel like that, that the face on Salak right now is the face she always makes. Same with the Rogue in, in like, <laughs> for like four years is basically that face. I know the right. style is so ingrained in like what I thought comic books were supposed to look like. It, uh, it's hard. Sometimes in this, it's hard to pull back from the nostalgia. I, I do like the perspective, like the capes flying out and they're, they're peeking in. Yeah. Um, I, I guess like the concept a lot. I just try to wrap my head around the art. For the uh, like the the stylization right now, sure, sure. Um, now I I think we've talked about before. I like Andy Kubert a little bit better than you have. Um, there's some wonky stuff, right? <clears throat> you know, you mentioned the the women's faces kind of being. Uh, well, I mean, I like this Kubert more than I like current Kubert. <laughs> Fair enough. Did you uh did you not like the art in the? Did you try the Tom Taylor Batman thing they're doing? Oh boy, I think I missed it. Okay, that was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't probably wasn't either of their best, but it was pretty good. Um, okay, yeah, ringing endorsement. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I, mean, a I, I say that is still, still like, enjoyable. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. I mean, I say that is probably Taylor's probably my favorite writer right now, and so saying that is not my favorite book is really not much of a slight. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I like Beast has like a weird puppet mouth, but yeah. overall I like the cover. I, I like the I like the layout. Um, actually, I think I like Kubert's uh, Gambit um, of the early '90s Gambits. is probably one of my favorite. Yeah. we yeah. get to watch like Mad. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a pretty decent cover. So um, in this one, like I said. Um, the X-Men just got back from a really heartbreaking mission in Russia where, uh, you know, uh, Peter's parents died and Ileana comes home with Colossus. And um, that's kind of where we, where we pick up. So the, in this issue, in issue 20, the X-Mansion is full up on angst after everyone is back from Russia. Um, as if losing your parents isn't enough, Ileana is sick. Uh, Psylocke tries to seduce Cyclops by licking jet oil off of his face. Um, but unfortunately for her, this is pre-Krakoa, so Scott feels guilty and cuts off the uh, makeout sesh. Uh, he even skips on his lunch date with Jean because he feels so bad about it. Uh, Jean and Psylocke stare at each other knowingly. Uh, Jean mopes about Scott. Logan complains about all they've lost to Jubilee. Well, it was kind of interesting, though, because he didn't just complain about his own loss, but also that of his ex-family, which I thought was nice, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. empathetic with what everybody was going through. Um, he snicks at a weird scent, but says, oh, never mind, she's just Psylocke. And then Jubilee's like, but, but she was wearing a sexy dress. What's she doing outside? <laughs> but we ignore the foreshadowing. I want, uh, I want to point out, I love uh, just artistic detail. Wolverine is cutting something down, like a tree down, right? Uh-huh. And uh, he's only got one one claw out uh, because you actually get more like force out of the one blade. If you have three, it like separates the like the leverage you have. So actually, cutting something with just one blade is actually easier. Uh, and okay. I I don't know if that's just me uh, writing more into this than is actually there, but I just thought, oh, that was a cool detail. <laughs> Wolverine thought about the you know. How to use knives? Nice. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if anyone should know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's an interesting catch. <laughs> or it's an art mistake, and I just totally, yeah. No, I, I like your, I like your explanation. We'll go with that. Um, you know, and MythBusters should try it. They should try cutting a tree with one claw and three claws and see what works better. Um, yeah. Um, so anyway after that um, Gambit and Beast blow off steam in the danger room Rogue is starting to see again Uh, Scott is going to take his regular leave of absence from the X-Men and doesn't even tell Jean bye Uh, Jean confronts Psylocke about seducing her man but Psylocke suggests that she can actually make him happier and he never smiles around Jean anymore Um, she then gets Kind of a little bit out of line and stabs Jean with the physical totality of her time hours. Um, but then classic Psylocke shows up, complete with psychic katana, and takes Psylocke out. Uh, kind of telepathically beheads her in, in kind of a weird scene. Um, 
Wolverine and the X-Men come and charging in, and she reveal, reveals herself as Bretsy Bet. No, I can't talk. Bretsy. Bretsy Batic, and <laughs> says that their Psylocke is the imposter Quanon. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. <laughs> For a second, oh. that that final page, uh, like it's it's a great sort of very '90s Psylocke face. Uh, but the arms, I don't know, for a second I thought were like, she had, did she have metal arms suddenly when I was right. reading this? <laughs> and they don't look like they quite work. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they don't quite, I don't know, the angle or something. But like, That like, one hand's coming out of her shoulder blade or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. Um, yeah, what do you think of this, uh, this opening salvo of kind of our... Because we had seen Revanche... Briefly in the previous story arc, they were kind of setting up the subplot, like the Dengar right. Reds, and then she comes in in this one, kind of full, full force at the end here. Um, any overall thoughts on this issue, or any, any other things you want to pick on? No, I did, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I love. Uh, I just. I do love how these characters look. The nostalgia is just like. I feel like I'm. Uh, you know. 13 years old back in my house in Ohio. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it just feels so, uh, so, so wonderful. Um, but not uh, a judgment on the, the quality. Uh, I'm not saying good or bad. It's just hard, hard to, to dissect. But there was the one scene where Quanin, like cuts her head off. Um, and that thoroughly confused me. Uh, did you see that page? Yeah, yeah. That's what we actually telepathically decapitates her. Yes. But it's... But- and she says, I am the truth, the truth. way, and the life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then obviously the next... I was like, they just killed someone? <laughs> right? <laughs> but they, they make it up by letting you see her on the bottom of the page, and she's still very much right intact. Um, that was just the big shock to me. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember reading it as a kid and being like, wow. It really... Uh, they got some stakes here. <laughs> of course, that all kind of goes away. Yes. Um, anyway, for for a page or two. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I I love that in the opening scene, uh, Colossus and Xavier, Kubert has them competing for eyebrows. <laughs> like Colossus pretty much has the same eyebrows. In fact, that panel where Xavier is leaning over and putting his hand on right. Peter's shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. They have the same eyebrows. Yes, yes. <laughs> the same Vulcan. From the um, temples down, it's hard yeah. to describe. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, we know. What, what I think is interesting, and I'm trying to... So it's like the same time over in Uncanny, as this issue came out, Xavier and um, uh, Moira are kind of putting a name to the legacy virus. So I guess right right after this in story time, Xavier would realize what's going on. Um, but I guess at this point, Ileana is just sick um, and they haven't identified. Um, oh, wow. That head, that, that panel um, where Colossus is feeding her a, a thing of soup. Yeah. She's like, the size of a month old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> another... Or he, or he's just the Incredible Hulk. One or the other. Um, yeah. Marvel artist drunk babies is just, just the <laughs> meme, you know. Yeah. Um, we do get some uh, classic Jubilee rollerblading um, yeah. that we had at the end of Executioner's song. So that was fun. Um, yeah. What else in this one? The 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 suggest- Production scene is weird, but yes, but that's been that's been a while coming, I guess, for Psylocke to finally make her move. It's just it's weird that she licks off the grease. That's just and it's weird that that turns Scott on. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess just the tongue on his face is really all all it came down to. But uh... <laughs> yeah, well, if you were. I was going to say if you were single and blah, 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 but I, I don't know. At this point in the comics, is he married? Not yet. Nope, they get married in, in tennis shoes. 
I remember now, apparently like, behind the, the, the estate, right? Yeah. Like by the swimming pool. It's... I'm I believe so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, Jason, go go back like if you were go back in time to when you were single and uh hot crazy lady starts licking your face, I think you're gonna you're gonna jump for it. Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm probably ignoring the fact that she's eating grease, but um, yes, yeah, yeah. Maybe in hindsight, I'd be like, that was kind of weird. Yes, no. Afterwards, yeah. like, I don't know if that yeah. was the smart decision. In, in the moment, though, I'm just gonna keep my necktie headband on and um uh, <laughs> <laughs> and go go to town. Um, but yeah, he gets really uh, like, oh, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> And Gene shows up, and it's just the the, uh, you can slice the melodrama with a knife in this issue. Oh, Gene's Um, like, Scott, what's up? And he's like, I have to go, I just can't, I gotta go. I'm going to Alaska. (laughs) Oh, what? (laughs) My grandma needs me. (laughs) So, like, and she's like, All right, I guess he's just gone. I I don't deserve an explanation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of action till the end, but I think, you know, for being very melodramatic, I think it's mostly pretty decent melodrama. Um, yeah, it felt very classic, like we're pushing the plot along in a couple different characters here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's fighting in here, but it's not like a fight issue to me. This feels more like a feeling things out issue, and sometimes those are nice. Yeah, yeah. And I overall, I like the art. Uh, there's some weird faces, but right. for the most part, I mean, Wolverine looks pretty great. Gambit looks pretty great. Um, it was interesting because for, for this being in the 90s and like, oh, sexy X-Men women, I think he's actually a lot stronger in his male characters overall um, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, just making them look really cool. But, um, right. but yeah. I don't know. Uh, anything else you want to say about number 20? Uh, thank you so much for bringing me back. Uh, that was that was delicious. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Well, when do you want to when do you want to grade it? Oh boy. Uh, that's tough cuz it's like, oh man. Nostalgia, my what am I grading it against? I don't know. It's fine. I guess like a 3 out of 6. Okay. I was, I was pretty close to that. I think I ended up giving it four out of six claws. Um, and we'll, yeah, let's see what happens in 21. Oh, I, may, I might want to raise it after 21. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, but uh, X-Men 21 uh, by uh, Fabian Nicieza and Brandon Peterson. Uh, inker Dan Pinozian. Letter Bill Oakley. Colorist Joe Rosas. Editor Bob Harris. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, so on the front, we've got um, the two Psylocke Quanons battling ninjas in red with Gambit uh, swinging a metal baseball bat. And all that is played on top of a blank yellow backdrop. Uh, what do you think of this cover? I, I don't like it. I think it's pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Gambit's trench coat is so baggy. Yes. Like he's got like uh, Missy Elliott sleeves on. Like uh, what was that music video where she wears like I the, can't, I can't stand the trash way. bag? Yeah. Against yeah. <laughs> my window, I can't stand the room. Yep. All right, uh, I was waiting for you to continue, but that's my oh, job. Um, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, we jump in, and um, Betsy, whoever it may be. Uh, who who has been Psylocke is uh, <laughs> against the wall with uh, two Wolverine claws around her neck and saying, you know, time time to speak up. Uh, and right away, the artwork shift is noticeable. Uh, yeah. this, this more like cartoony, uh, caricature-y than what we had before, but it is what it is. And uh, throughout the, the, the episode, uh, the issue, Quanon is really vague on what's going on and, and what really happened. It's it's very strange. Professor X can't tell either of them apart. Um, they like make like they're gonna fight each other until Daddy Cyclops says or Daddy uh, Professor X says no, stop it, stop it. Not like, in my it's, house. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Grandpa like getting angry in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner or I don't know. 
It was just very strange to me that they're about to like go. He just said stop, and they stopped. Do you, do your kids stop when you tell them to stop? All the time, Georgie. Okay. Oh. Perfect little angels. Very, very <laughs> obedient. No, not at all. Like, and their their emotions are pretty high. Like, it almost. I know he says he can't read their minds, and there's no, there's nothing in the script that says mm. he like mentally placates them, but I can't imagine them stopping on their own. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, so uh, Chuck goes to talk to Wolverine, uh, and they're trying to figure out what the what the deal is, but they're just kind of speculating X-Files style. They don't really know what's going on. <laughs> Meanwhile, in, uh, in Alaska, uh, Scott pulls up, uh, talks to his grandparents, says he needs to tell them about his wife and child, just to remind me, like, they grew up in an orphanage, right? Like, did they, were the grandparents, like, reconned back in? Do you have any idea? He, I was trying to remember it, because even in this issue, and a little bit in the next issue, Scott's like, my memories of my grandparents are so fuzzy. But yes, they grew up, Scott and Alex, after the plane crash, grew up in an orphanage. Right. Which makes you wonder... The, the, the Where were the grandparents? Yeah, did, did they, they not decide not care? to? Did they not yeah. know? Like, were the kids found from the plane crash and no one yeah. <laughs> knew how to contact their next of kin? I mean, I think they end up like in Nebraska or something, right? right? Yeah. So Nebraska sounds like Alaska, but they're not that close together. Um, it's. <laughs> but I he wonder. Does like, after he meets because Ma- he meets Madeline in Alaska. Right, right. And he met them going to visit family. Like, he was up there visiting family, and he ran into Madeline, and that's how they their relationship started. So his grandparents knew Madeline and knew his family, mm. so he got up and left, you know, because Jean right. called. Um, but no, I don't know. Like, when, like, what point of his childhood did he spend up here, if any? I mean, I'm assuming he went up there, like, when his parents were still on Earth, but... Right. Uh, yeah, it's not real clear. I don't know. I just hate if they're like, we have your your grandchildren. We need you, you know, do you want to foster them? And they'd be like, no, one was enough. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> we had our turn. 20 years later, Scott's magically showed up at the door. And he's got laser eyes. So they're like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're, we'll be good. Right. Oh, boy. I'm getting into the weeds. I'm sorry. No, no, that's good stuff. Meanwhile, in Tokyo, uh, someone uh, crashes off of the roof, uh, I don't know, diseased or something, I'm not really sure. And then the Dark Riders attack, who uh, were uh, fairly you know, uh, unknown characters to me. Uh, it was at this point in the book that I felt like I was reading a backup story for some reason. <laughs> I was like, did I, did I, are my pages screwed up? Because uh, it didn't really tie into... Uh, at least that first page didn't tie into anything else I, I was thinking was going on. Anyway, they're they're attacking. Uh, was it? Uh, I don't Mara. really know. They're just just attacking. This is so strange. <laughs> this is an interlude that will never make sense to me, Jason. You might have to like translate what I just. You'll have to read. Explain. You'll have to read issue twenty-three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but in another area of Tokyo, we have uh, Shinobi Shaw. Hanging around as Lord Nyoirin comes in, and I don't know what that word's supposed to be. <laughs> I was uh, counting on you to tell me how to pronounce that, but I guess that's a no-go. No, it's um. a <laughs> Nyoirin, but like it doesn't, it doesn't like I don't know exactly what it, it's supposed to mean. Uh, I do know that N Y O I means smell, so I was just calling it like Lord Smell for Lord Smelly. Okay, yeah, uh, but it shows up. Uh, and he's part of the what the Jigoku, which is like the, the supposed to be the crime world in in Japan, or is that like a world crime unit? I think it's it's the underworld. So what's the difference between them and the yakuza? Yeah, so like Jigoku, we'll get to it. I don't know if it's spelled the same way. It means uh, yeah, hell. Uh, so okay, th- that's what it literally means is the hell underworld. So uh, it's. Strange. I was like, uh, d- does Marvel not use the Yakuza in them? I feel like they, they used have. Yeah. I, I used them before, yeah. All right. So this other 
weirdly <laughs> created Japanese underworld known as heard from before or since. Uh, he shows up to talk um, because they want to use Quanan uh, for reasons. And then we cut back to the X-Men just like cooperating. They've put their, their uh, hate aside and the two Psylocks are working together as they infiltrate Lloyd Lord Neuland's uh, estate until uh, they run into a picture of am I thinking of that? Nope. Until they run into uh, the Silver Samurai who slashes the uh, beast in the back and is like, no, it's I, I get to kill you. It's my job to kill the Psylox. Uh, there can only be one Japanese character. Uh, <laughs> I was a little bit of a surprise. Um and and that that middle piece just doesn't uh, threw me off so hard. Uh, what, what did you think of this uh, issue? Well, so much like I didn't care for the cover. Um, you know, it's weird because before we did Executioner's song, um, in my memory, I remember Brandon Peterson just being another kind of strong X-Men artist in the 90s. And I discovered I really don't like his 90s art very much. Um, Like, it's weird because the first page is pretty detailed and pretty clean. And and yeah, you have, like, the angular chin and the weird facial structure, but it's a pretty nice panel. I mean, overall, it's a nice little splash page. But then immediately, you get into, like, I think what it is, it reminds me of, like, the second string early image stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, I don't know. And just, I don't, I don't really like it. Like, Wolverine looks weird. Uh, Psylocke looks like, or, I'm sorry, Quanon in, in the second page looks like just a normal, I don't know, L.A. woman. Yes, <laughs> it's yeah. Kinda, it's kind of... No offense, but um, I also really don't like. I know that Betsy, I previously had wavy hair. I don't really, and I know that Peterson is trying to like help you distinguish between one purple hair girl and another. Yeah, I really hate this perm. I hate it so much. Um, <laughs> it's like then, it's kind of like a, a classic uh, Janet Jackson hair haircut. Okay, I can see that. Um. I, mean, I like the idea because it's kind of foreshadowing of how how both characters will be able to use their psychic telepathic telekinetic powers later. I kind of like the psychic katana blade. I think it's weird that Wolverine's like, you know what we need to do? We need to go to Japan and yep. figure out who's telling the truth. And I know I go to Japan a lot, but I'm not going this time. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go to my own comic and do Savage Land stuff. So see you guys later. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I also love the Liefeldish, really high waisted pants with no torso. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. And we already talked about the grandparents a little bit. Yeah. So the Dark Riders are Apocalypse minions. We've seen them briefly before, and and they'll kind of come into play. Um, in the next couple issues after this, I think. Okay. Um, There's a really weird sound effect where he shoots a gun, and it looks very much like a swear sound. Oh, yeah, it says foot. <laughs> yeah, it could easily be just like, F it, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so then we have the, the, the Japanese crime lord who's looking for his ex-girlfriend. I will say, so when Revance first showed up, she had the purple and pink costume, but the pink was really, really light. Right. I like that the pink is darker here in a two-tone costume versus, you know, just a whole lot of flesh tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> so, oh, man, Gambit's pretty cool for those of us keeping track with the the Gambit thing. But, yeah, Wolverine's barely in it. And we do see the painting um, that seems to maybe incriminate. So it's, it's weird. And they kind of... None of this is subtle, right? So they talk about how the painting is incriminating, but yeah, then I, the Psylocke yeah. we know is like, well, but it's really convenient that she came right here. And so yes. they're kind of playing off each other. Um, 
And I thought I was about to see Silver Samurai. But I think overall, the story felt pretty similar to the previous issue. A little more action, but the art was definitely a step down for me. Yeah, the art was definitely a step down. Um, I don't uh, Well, this, this last, uh, this page here, they're looking at the picture, and Beast has like a crazy mop head. Sorry, it d- distracted me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, the art's definitely a step down, right? And and the story, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting what we see next time, a little bit more than this issue. It was, it was I don't know, it felt very very standard. Uh, I I don't know, were you like, what's going to happen? Were you engaged to that level? Were you like excited about what might show up? Not, not entirely. No. Um, I mean, there were a couple like interesting beats, right? Um, and there's the dad joke, the two guards, two cards with Gambit. Yes. Um, and there's a part where he talks about wanting to spank them, which was gross. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's on brand for, for Remy, right? Right, right, for early Gambit. Um, th- I think the part that was probably most interesting and most compelling to me was that the Psylocke that we've known the last couple of years is kind of getting fed up with her teammates not trusting her. Right. And then, but even goes a step further and, is, and has a, a lot of like righteous indignation with Gambit, which feels well earned because, you know, he's been branded a traitor as well. Right. And the X-Men all kind of jumped, like, like in the famous issue where, you know, Gambit charges the, the boys of Barry Pie from Rogue and hits Beast in, or hits him in the face. Because Bishop <laughs> has accused him of being a traitor. And right. that whole issue, like the whole thing is like, well, Bishop, we want to help you, but, you know, Gambit's been on the team longer. We take his side. And, and I think Psylocke is kind of rightfully pissy here. Oh, that totally. She's kind of being put in the corner just on the word. I mean, it's a little bit different because Psylocke looks like an old teammate that they were all very close to, but. Yeah. But I totally, I mean, I'd be mad in her shoes as well. And yes. I think especially from Gambit, who's like, you just went through this. You should have some freaking sympathy. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No, our X-Men are quick to be like, oh, this person we've been working with for like the last however many years is, or months isn't actually the person. Sure, we'll believe you. No evidence? Yeah, perfectly. We'll believe oh, you. There, there's a painting. Yeah. yeah it must be. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, boy. That would, that would be terrible if your friends did that to you. Uh, so, um, what do you want to rate this? Uh-oh. Are you not there anymore, Jason? So Sorry, guys. Uh, we had some technical difficulties. I think my computer may have... I don't think it kicked the bucket, but it may have gotten a little little tired, a little sleepy. So, um, I think we were both about to grade issue yep. 21. Um, I was saying it's definitely a step down for me. I'm going to do a pretty soft flimsy three out of six claws, maybe even trending towards a two, but not quite. Right. Two. Yeah. I kind of want to retroactively give the previous issue of like a low four. So I can keep this <laughs> one at like a low three that that, feel, yeah. that that feels appropriate. Okay. Sounds good. Um, all right. Hey, real quick, because mm-hmm. I know, I don't know how I'm actually, when I move my phone, is my audio going in and out? I can't tell if I'm speaking through my phone or through my headphones. Um, it, it does a little bit, maybe, but it's not like gone. Okay. It just seems a little okay. bit further away. Right. I'll, just, I'll try to hold it really still. <laughs> All Perfect. right. So next up, we have uh, X-Men number 22, which is basically the same, but uh, Kubert's back. Uh, yeah, Peterson gave him a little nap, and so he took his nap, and he came back for issue 22. Um, on the cover, we have a very smiley silver samurai uh, with his sword over the heads of both our Psylocks. What do you think of this cover, Georgie? I think it looks great. I think uh, silver samurai looks totally sinister, uh, very sort of Joker-esque. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a it's kind of a classic look. I think it looks creepy, and uh, I, I think it's the best cover we've had uh, today. Yeah, I agree. And um, for the record, 
Wolverine is not in this issue, but Gambit is. So just for Grant, we'll do a, a Gambit's Gumbo special <laughs> for 22. So there you go, Grant. Um, all right. Uh, in this one, in order to redeem Clan Yoshida to the Japanese underworld, Silver Samurai attacks the X-Men, uh, but the two Psylocks take him out with their powers combined. Um, but not before an errant sword reveals a scroll behind Quanon's uh, painted portrait. A scroll that is Nairin's diary. <laughs> I have no idea if I'm saying that right. But anyway, and he wrote his diary on an ancient Japanese scroll and hid it behind a painting so no one can ever find it. But Silver Samurai found it by throwing a dagger at Gambit that stabbed the portrait through the heart, and Gambit made a smart-ass remark about it, and both girls glared at him. Do you but think... He wasn't trying to show them what the diary was, right? This is, like, total, like, luck-based discovery? As how they wrote it in the script, yeah, like, just kind of a doofus, uh, oh, wow, look what we found. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, magic diary. Uh, meanwhile, in Alaska, Scott tells his grandparents all about strife, house messing him up uh, understandably so uh, then a <clears throat> sinister neighbor shows up unannounced um, which by the way very much that scene of him showing up, showing up at the door I, I know it's way earlier and probably not connected at all but I couldn't help but get some WandaVision vibes <laughs> of a like oh sure you know, here, oh, here's yeah. someone showing up at the door. Oh, <laughs> by the way, let me lift my hat. Here's my sinister diamond. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, anyway, back to Japan and the scroll. Uh, the paper scroll, not the alien scrolls. Um, Quanin was an assassin, but she found Betsy's body after the siege perilous. Now, we're taking some narrative liberties here because there's no way this dude, even as a Japanese underworld crime boss, would have all these details, but he does. Um, yeah. Anyway, so in the diary, Quanin uh, found Betsy's body after the siege perilous. She literally washed up on a dock, which, I mean, is not that different from how other people came out of the siege perilous. Um, Psylocke mm. combined them. She felt Quanin's empathy reaching out and her psychic power reached out and grabbed it and combined them together. Um, Quanin ran off and her body was later found by the Mandarin and then that's the story we all saw of Psylocke. Um, right. and that's explained that Mandarin with his magic rings and powers and other help was able to like piece together the combined psyche and Quanin's body. And so that's kind of the explanation we get for the sidewalk we've known this whole time. Um, but then Betsy's body, the white, white British lady body, was placed in a sanitarium, or sanatorium, sorry. Um, and, but he was found, or she was found by Lord Smelly Pants, uh, who saw it as a chance to get his lover Quantum back, he was really playing the long game. He's like, well, if I nurse this this woman back to physical and mental health and help her put together her broken psyche, then eventually over time, I can use her to go back to the X-Men because that's where my, my lover's going to end up. I just know it. And then she can go back and, and get my girlfriend back. And by by casting doubt on her identity, her friends will betray her, and she'll run back into my arms. I, I kind of, I mean, that's what it, that's how it felt, right? Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Like like he had some kind of clairvoyance, uh, not only to write the diary, but to know exactly how all these details were going to work. <laughs> um, and he just he would just, he just sat back and waited for it, stroking his evil uh, mustache. Um, yeah. Anyway, revenge. Insists that Quanin is a traitor, but then uh, Lord Smelly Pants shows up to state the obvious that they are both holy, both. Then in Alaska, Sinister reveals himself to Scott to set up the next issue. 
We're right in the thick of it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Lots there of stuff being s- revealed. Yeah. Yeah. There's some uh there's some thick coincidence in this issue. <laughs> yes. Oh Um I mean it's not to say it's bad. Like I like Gambit in it. I like um I actually probably I know this story is about the two Psylocks. I really enjoyed Cyclops dealing with the Executioner song Fallout in a way that wasn't fighting. Right. Like he's right. just really distressed over what these revelations about his decisions have done to him. Right. And just emotionally distraught. I really, I thought that was very well written. Yeah, um, me too. Uh, and then we get to like the, uh, the Scooby-Doo-esque <laughs> revamp Psylocke thing. Um, I mean, it's unnecessary and a bit messy, but it's not necessarily terrible, I guess. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Um, I, I guess they're just trying to fill in the blanks in a cool way. Right. They can. It's, and did I they mean, need to? I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You got you got to fill up every every month, Jason. You got to have something right. for every that's month. That's true. That's true. And and I'm not. It's nothing I'm ungrateful for now because I do appreciate kind of where these characters both eventually end up. Though it takes quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because because I I don't really I don't think Fabian and the way he deals. I mean, he does play the long game and he does deal with subplots. I don't think there's necessarily a strong sense of like Claremontism with them. No. But this idea that they're both completely both people does feel like a Claremont resolution. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like yeah. this kind of as tangled as tangled can be. Um, so I think it's interesting because you know, I was, um, and if you want to hear someone else talk about this as well. Uh, I think the Cerebro podcast has also talked about this. Um, but Claremont said a little while back that um, his original idea, putting Psylocke in the Siege Perilous, was kind of do the body swap with the Mojo thing and the Mandarin thing and all that. But that that would just last a little while, kind of like you know what we dealt with like Colossus and right. Death, where all those characters kind of eventually reverted. But he and I have I didn't hear the audio. I just saw the print. I would like to hear the audio and see how creepy it is. But uh, basically, he said he was so enamored with how Jim Lee drew. Oh boy, Asian sidewalk. He's like, oh, we'll just we'll we'll change that story after Jim Lee leaves, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll just mm-hmm. I'll keep it. I'll let Jim Lee draw what he wants to draw. Everybody likes it, and then when when he moves on from the book and does something else. Then I'll go back and revisit that story and, and make Psylocke kind of back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, history goes a little bit differently and Claremont leaves before Jim Lee does. Right. <laughs> and so that is never never addressed. But um, it's interesting because it doesn't... It's just weird because Fabian doesn't really... He's not really that reminiscent of Claremont in style. But it does feel like he's kind of like I can imagine Claremont doing something like this. <laughs> yes, no, no, I, right? yes, I totally see that. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of nonsense, but it's kind of fun, I guess. What was kind of your overall feelings with the quasi resolution? Because I think there's actually a little more about this. In the next there's got to be well. more. They, they got to explain it in the next issue. Something, something more. Yeah. Than, uh, no, I, I kind of appreciate what they're doing. Uh, it's it's it might feel like Claremontian, but it's also kind of unique for it to be like. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you heard about the body swap where it just ended up being a, a mix of the same? Like this is not normal. This is against the type, right? So that's kind of right. that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not Freaky Friday, right? Which is good. <laughs> uh, the art is very dynamic because, uh, of course, it would be. Uh, there's this crazy uh, panel where she's like lunging, uh, jump kicking forward, and she's got her arms to the side like she should be holding a baseball bat, uh, jumping into quantum. It's so 
just like feel the impact there. I, it's it's such a '90s looking issue uh, where so many people have the Wolverine beast hair, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's um, there's one panel I didn't enjoy, and that's where uh, Sonic was running away. I don't know, screaming. It didn't look like her face; it looked like someone else's face after she heard the news. But otherwise, it was just so so of its time. I, I kind of fell in love with the art here. Yeah, no, I. I... It's a weird issue, but it was a pretty enjoyable issue. Yes, yeah. And I'm trying to. Which panel were you talking about? Which is? It's it's right after the diary, and uh, they they crumple it up, and then she's she's running off like upset. Uh, okay. It just felt like a different different style of of artist on that that face. Yeah, yeah, that's what you mean. Interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, overall, I do like, I like, um, I like Kubert's revanche a lot better than Peterson's. Um, of course, yeah. It looks, she looks, she looks just a lot, I don't know, I hate to say that the hairstyle is, is more than that, and she just looks more capable, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And, and when they're fighting together, I really I think it's Gambit that talks about how they're like mirror reflections of each other, which I thought was pretty cool. Because one mm-hmm. of the things they talk about that really confuses them is that the white lady understands Japanese and knows how to be a ninja, and right. the Asian lady seems to like remember stuff from Betsy's past. And yeah, so kind of having those kind of odd paradoxes within kind of enriches the, the idea that they are like sharing a soul almost yes like, yeah yeah so yeah i mean i'd definitely be curious to see what they do now i mean much like you know we talked about 21 just kind of was like okay fine but i didn't really have any like impetus to like really jump forward to see what happens next this one is a lot more engaging I think. oh yeah totally more and i was like i wanted to see what happens next after this i was uh really i don't know, i was wrapped up in it yeah Awesome. What do you want to give, uh, or anything? Any other comments or anything on that one? Uh, uh, no. I think we covered just about everything. I, I think if we're gonna rate this, then I'll give this, boy, I don't know, a high four. Uh, I, I this is my favorite issue of the three that we read. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think I will also. I, mean, I know I gave twenty a four. I'm gonna give this one a four too, but there's definitely a distinction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I'm quite ready to throw up a five on it, but it's right. close. It's close. It's in yes. the ballpark. Yeah, agreed. it's knocking on the door. I mean, someone could throw a knife at my rating and find a five underneath me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Your secret diary you wrote after the yeah, podcast uh, about how you really <laughs> should have voted a five. Right. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that was uh, the trilogy of the two Psylocks, and I guess we'll see. I know it's not the focus of the next issue, but I don't know. I may may tap you on the shoulder, at least get some thoughts if we don't do another recording um, Mm -hmm. to see how how you followed along with it. um, Yes, totally. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Georgie, thanks for coming on and doing some 90s X-Men with me. Um, Why don't you talk a little bit about Excaliburs? Yeah, well, you know, Jason, it's always so much fun to talk uh, in general with you, but uh, comic books uh, especially. Um, right now, Dan and I uh, just finished our coverage of uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier over on Excalibros. You can just type uh, Excalibros wherever you want to search. You'll find us. Uh, so we had a very contentious final episode review. We actually talked about the episode for like an hour and 15 minutes. Nice. Um, uh, so that's that's what we're doing. Uh, we're, we're taking a break, going back to like taking a break. We're going to be doing our regular stuff uh, for a little bit, but then we're going to cover Loki again, which starts in June. So if you guys are enjoying uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff on Disney Plus, uh, please check us out. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I started listening to the uh, episode where y'all kind of knew WandaVision and one. Fell swoop, and then I'll have to pause uh, before I'll get into the Winter Soldier stuff. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, definitely, definitely, listeners, if you haven't already, go check Escalabros out for both 
comics and TV entertainment. And of course, with your your partner Dan, whom y'all y'all are often on the the show with our Don of X books. So, and we'll yep get get to that soon. I really want to talk Way of X with you guys. So we'll definitely yeah try to figure book. out a good time to get on uh, on again before too long. Cool. Um, yeah. Um, also, Georgie. Um, has been doing some really good comedy stuff. I don't know if you have anything you want to plug on that, but I definitely wanted to mention it, and I've definitely been oh, enjoying it. Boy, uh, you can f- follow me on Instagram under Jokey Georgie, and you'll see a lot of like jokes and any show stuff I do or any mics that I'm up at. But uh, yeah, working, grinding every day, writing jokes and going up and and getting the the elation that is laughter and that awful worst <laughs> feeling when no one reacts. <laughs> It's a, it's feast of famine on the stage, Jason. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely different, right? Being a a one man show. At least when I was, even when I played like the worst shows in a band, I at least had my bandmates, right? So, right. If nothing else, I can like look over to the guitar player and and make something something happen, right? Even if it was just between right. you know the handful of us and the audience didn't give a shit at all, but um. You know, yeah, that's got to be that's got to be a whole different ball game when you're by yourself. So it it can be fun to kind of make fun of the awkwardness if something isn't working. Then you can kind of get right. people back on your side, or you can just enjoy it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, as always for the podcast, it goes Snake. You can uh, like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast, and I don't know exactly what'll be next. Um, have had some kind of scheduling conflicts, so. So getting the Excaliburs on has been a little bit trickier than normal, but we'll definitely do that again soon. And then the uh, the next flashback episode will be uh, the triumphant return of John Wilson, and we'll talk about Wolverine going to the Savage Land. So cool. one of those two things will be next. <laughs> awesome. Well, listeners, please, as always, uh, stay safe out there, stay well. Um, uh, by the time this comes out, I should be about on the cusp of getting my second dose of the vaccine. So hopefully you guys are able to start, you know, looking at those possibilities wherever you are. Um, but no matter what, I mean, just just be kind to each other and, and stay safe. So until next time, hugs and snicks, everyone. Thanks again, Georgie. Yep. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, y'all. And snack. <laughs>